I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. So, so good. Awesome. Today we are chatting about Her Naughty Holiday by Tiffany Reese. But first, Mom, tell a story about a time you felt super old. What happened? <laughs> well, a time I felt super old, like every morning when I wake up, does that count? <laughs> it's as... not a very anecdotal like story, I guess. I, well, when I saw that question, I was thinking specifically of a specific Halloween encounter for you. Yeah, but didn't I share that already? You might have. I might have. So... You know, when we do Halloween, we do full-size candy bars, and and we like to give out the full-size candy bars, because we don't get a ton of kids, but we Especially get, this year, we got, like, Yeah, nine. we got very few. It's it's hard to tell what, how many we're going to get. Anyway, so this group of older children came to my home, and I opened the door, and I'm handing out the candy bars, and the one kid's like, oh, wow, full-size bars, and then he says elderly people have the best candy and I was like dude did you just call me elderly <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh I am the old lady that gets well it could be worse I could be the old lady that gets out like Werther's originals or something or you know what are the honey you know, bit of honeys or something like yeah. that you know <laughs> no I'm the elderly person that gives out full-size bars so bam you're the you're the good kind of elderly person um the one that I thought about, I work with the teenagers at church, and um, there a lot of them are involved in drama, which, and I don't mean like, oh, <laughs> girl drama, drama. Um, but like school drama, um, which I was too, and a lot of them go to the same high school that I went to when, um, when I was at that school, and so... Uh, she was telling me what she was like. I'm like, what are you doing in drama right now? And she said, oh, we're doing this scene from this old TV show. It's like really old. I'm like, try me. <laughs> and she's like, it's called, are you afraid of the dark? I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> I was like, um, that was, you know, a show that I watched when I was a child. I would understand if you were like the honeymooners. Because that is, like, <laughs> as old as TV shows get, but um, rude. Anyway, so that was just basically any time I hang out with those teenagers, I feel old. So that's yeah, fun. Because you think of yourself as a teenager still. But I do. They're Weirdly. so much more teenagery than you are. Yeah. Um, I would like to say, I know you don't ask me this question anymore, but I did read. I was um, going to ask you. Okay, go ahead. So what have you been reading and watching? Um, Watching? X-Files. X-Files. I've been watching a lot of X-Files. <laughs> um. 
That's my binge. It's my jam right we now. We went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, we and we really liked that a lot. did, and Paul Rudd is adorable. Yeah, Paul Rudd can get it all day, every day. Sexiest Man Alive. Sexiest Man Alive, Paul Rudd, which and I've I'm... been saying for years, so thank you. <laughs> it's like you called he's it. He's been my number one for... A long time. Yeah. Because he's funny. We really enjoy a good-looking, funny guy. Well, and like also, my love for Paul Rudd goes back almost farther than anybody. Like, pre-Clueless? Well... No, I mean, because that was like the first thing I saw him in. But I've loved him since then. And, you know, I've loved, there's other people that I've loved. I started loving around then, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio. But I've moved on from Leo. Yeah, but you still love and Paul. And Freddie Prince Jr. and things like that. But I still love Paul. In fact, I probably love Paul more now yeah. than I used to. So it's it's an enduring love. Um, I did read. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Our dogs are going crazy today. <laughs> we decided to leave the door open and mom's dog. Because no one else is home. And, and mom's mo- dog apparently cannot deal. My dog is like, what is going on in here? What's going on? What are you guys doing? I never get to see this. <laughs> what is the magical thing you guys do in here? <laughs> okay, tell, tell the people about what The book I read? read? Okay. I read uh, The Brightest Star in Paris by Diana Biller, which is her follow-up to... The Rose House, the Widow of Rose House. Thanks, Ellen. (laughs) Um, Which I read multiple times and still can't seem to remember the title of. Um, I didn't like it as much as the Widow of Rose House. It was, but it was still a delightful story. It didn't have a big like climax like Widow of Rose House did, and it kind of dragged a little bit in the middle. But um, it was still very charming. He was delightful. It's about Benedict, his brother. And um, he was delightful, and she was super sweet, and it was, it was, I, I enjoyed the book, just not as much as the other one. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I haven't read anything this week. I have, st- I, okay, I, I will say this. I listened to a book on Audible called Her Royal Engage, The Royal Engagement, um, and it was a book that's like an audible original and it's much more like it's presented much more like a movie without images because it's there's no narration it's just acted out acted out um there's like sound effects of you know things there's like transitional music from scene to scene kind of thing um i i liked it as a concept i'm counting it as a book even though it's it did not feel like I mean, like, I, I make allowances for, you know, listening to books on Audible, but... Well, is it based on a book? No, it's just, it's just like a radio, it's a, basically like a radio play. Okay. Um, and it was cute. It was, it was whatever. It was, it was, it was something to listen to on my commute. On your way to work. Yeah. Um, right now I'm listening to a book that I'm going to look up the title of. Um, A Princess for Christmas by Jenny Holiday. Um, I was like, oh, I kind of want a Christmas book. And they recommend, like, Audible recommended Duke Actually, which is the second book in the series. And I was like, well, if I'm going to listen to, I should listen to the first one first. Um, so I'm in the... They have very Christmassy sounding titles. I mean, are they based yes. on Christmas movies? Is that... Mm, no, they're okay. just centered around Christmas. They're both Christmas books. 
Duke Ashley sounds like Love Actually. I'm aware of what it sounds like. I think that, I'm just saying. I think that Jenny Holiday is also aware of what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering if they were based on these movies. No. It's like the first, the one that I'm listening to, A Princess for Christmas, is um, it's basically like she gets stranded in New York. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. Without a ride. Yeah. I mean, it's the title sounds like the title of a Hallmark movie. Yes, it does. And, um, and he's a taxi driver. Is he now? you know, she hires him as to be her chauffeur for the week so he can make a lot of money. But, you know. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like. Sparks are flying. (laughs) It's like Pretty Woman. Only. But less, like. Less hookery. Sex workery. (laughs) Um. Uh, anyway, so that's what I've, I've been listening to this week. And then, um, without mom, I have been watching, um, a new K-drama. It's called Her Private Life, and it's pretty funny. It's a, uh, it's about this girl who she's a museum curator by day, but by night in her free time, she is a K-pop, like, fangirl, and she's obsessed with this one K-pop idol and um and she's like hardcore obsessed like her entire apartment has like memorabilia from him like she's got a water bottle that he drank out of and all sorts of things and she's but she like keeps it a secret because her mom doesn't like that she's into k-pop and her boss doesn't like people who are into k-pop so she keeps it a secret and um but then there's this new boss that comes on the scene and they start falling for each other and she tries to keep it a secret from him because she's kind of embarrassed. But then he finds out and is cool with it and ends up like joining her fan page and stuff like that. It's very cute. And it's, it's pretty funny, like the situations that they get into. Um, so that's what I've been watching and staying up probably too late watching. Yeah. And then complaining that you're tired all the next day. So sorry. <laughs> Hey, I've only really been doing it on weekends, though, so whatever. Um, Okay. We have a bit of business before we get into our book. Get to business, Um, girl. We had our winter lineup come out this past week. Um, We're super excited about it, in part because we get a break. (laughs) Um, But also, there's a lot of exciting stuff in this lineup, so we're excited about that. Also, we're really happy. I mean... So on the poll, there were books that got voted higher, but I really liked the idea of having, because we were so close to having a lineup that would have been all new to the podcast authors. So I made it happen, skipped over some books that may have made it higher. Um, But you know, that's what the free for all is for, uh, is to read whatever book you want. So um, we just really wanted to do all new authors that we hadn't done. Yeah. And um. I think that this should be a, a pretty fun lineup. On December 6th, we're reading A Very Bossy Christmas by Kaylee Loring. Um, on December 13th, we will be talking about the movie The Hating Game. Oh. Because the movie is supposed to come out December 10th on Video On Demand. Um, so, I understand that maybe not everybody will be able to watch it that weekend, but we will. And so come to the podcast whenever you end up getting the chance to watch it and hear us talk about it. Just don't, if you don't want spoilers, don't listen until. But the thing is, is everybody, I mean, we all know what happens in it, right? 
Unless, what? Unless they really detract from the book. There's a book? <laughs> Is there a book called The Hating Game? <laughs> um, December 20th, we are doing our live episode, which we did this last year and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, we did our best of the year awards and we're going to do the same thing this year. Uh, kind of present our best of the year awards. We'll do a little live Q&A. Um, and I will figure out what time the actual live recording is going to be. But it, even if you can't make it to the live, um, I'll post the audio and off and the video will be on the Facebook, the Facebook group. So um, more details about that episode to come. Then we are going to take a two week break. So on December 27th and January 3rd, we won't be having episodes. Um, we're just looking forward to enjoying the holidays and hope yeah. you do as well if you miss us go listen to an old episode there that you, you go <laughs> best of yeah ellen and mom uh january 10th we're going to be joined by listener cassie who was the winner of our uh raffle or whatever we're calling it uh this this cycle uh and she's going to join us to talk about the love hypothesis by ali hazelwood which won by a freaking landslide on the poll um so we're excited to dive into that one and read it because you guys have all been like, we've had, I have not, we have not had like that many requests to read. My Kindle keeps telling me I should read this book. Yeah. So, it, you know, yeah. if Kindle says, then it then must be. It must be true. <laughs> um, January 17th, we're reading Ravishing the Heiress by Sherry Thomas. Uh, January 24th should be an interesting episode. <laughs> we are going to be joined by my other brother. So we've had Ryan on the show and now Dylan is going to join us to talk about Hunger Like No Other by Cressley Cole. It's my first Cressley Cole. So we're breaking moms, Cressley Cole, <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> um, Popping my Cressley Cole cherry. <laughs> and uh, should be interesting to do that with my brother. <laughs> Here's what we'll say about my brother. Um, Dylan is uh, more promiscuous. <laughs> That's true. Than um, myself or my mother. Um, so he he's worried that mom is going to find out more about him than she cares to. In, in the... If anything comes up about his sex life, it'll be more than I wanted to know. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. Um, so that should be interesting. Um, but it was pretty cute. He like texted me one day and was like, um, well, he said, Hey, lovely sister. And I said, why do I feel like you're about to ask me for a favor? And he was like, well, I was just wondering if you'd ever want me to be on your podcast. And I was like, Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, he's not much of a reader. So that's like the only reason I haven't, but he's listening to it. I, he already started listening to it. And I was like, well, this is that you're you're kind of listening to it a little soon. I'm worried you're going to forget it. He said, I'm going to listen to it twice. I'm like, okay, dedication. (laughs) It's more than we do. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Anyway, so that should be fun. Um, January 31st, we are talking about Never Fall for Your Fiance by Virginia Heath. Uh, February 7th, we're talking about The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. Uh, February 14th, on Valentine's Day. Uh, we were talking about A Not-So-Meet-Cute by Megan Quinn, February 21st. Have just... we never done a Megan Quinn on this show? Uh-uh. Oh. 
And then February 21st, Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. And then finally, we are having our winter free-for-all on February 28th. Um, so that is the lineup for winter. And Sounds amazing. I'm excited for all of those. Should be a good time. Should be. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know what you're excited to read along with us. And hopefully you guys will join us for all of those because we would love that. Um, okay, let's get down to business. Today we are chatting about Her Naughty Holiday by Tiffany Reese. It is the second book in her three book series, preceded by Her Halloween Treat and followed by One Hot December. Now, I looked it up because the third book wasn't about anybody that I noticed from this book, but the first book was about the people that they borrow the house from. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. And I saw their names. I was like, I know I recognize that name. And then I, it clicked that it was <clears throat> people who own the house. Anyway, uh, here is the back cover description for Her Naughty Holiday. Clover Green would sooner crawl into her own oven than host family for Thanksgiving dinner. Yet another annual rich ritual of too much food served with a side of criticism over Clover's bad life choices. This year, she needs to distract them all with a handsome fake boyfriend, and she has the perfect guy in mind. Contractor Eric Fields is the poster boy for sexy single dads, and Co Clover has been secretly crushing on him for ages. She certainly wasn't expecting Eric to agree to her insane charade or to add lots of hot, wicked sex to the deal. If they can pull it off, the worst Thanksgiving ever might give them something to be really thankful for. Mom, what did you think of Her Naughty Holiday? First of all, I want to say all books should be written like this. 180-page romp that I just you just bounce through. <laughs> Especially books that we read for the podcast. It was really nice to just have a book that was... Quick Super. and dirty, literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, no, I really, really liked it. I really, I'm, I'm not going to give it a love just because it's literally like a novella. It was not a long book, but yeah, it was just really pleasant Yeah, to have just a quick story. It seems like a lot of the book, I don't know if it's because of COVID or what the deal is, but it seems like a lot of the books we've read lately have kind of dragged a little, have had a, at least a part of it where it dragged a little in the middle. And this one wasn't even long enough to have a draggy part. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I think I'm going to give it really like, it starts, for me, it started to get a little bogged down in the sex, the dwelling on the fakeness of their relationship, and then how much she was dreading Thanksgiving. Like, to a certain point, it was like, okay, I get it. You guys are having sex. Okay, I get it. You guys are faking a relationship there, that you're not even really faking at all. And then, I get it. You're not looking forward to Thanksgiving. I get it. Your family sucks. Like... I've know. never read a Harlequin romance before, and so this was my first. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, are they all like that? Like, just because there was a lot of sex in this. Well, book. they have a lot, they have um, a few different imprints of Harlequin. So, like, it's kind of hard to just say, like, a blanket statement for all Harlequin. And also, it's just like different authors, right? I mean, it's just, right. a, it's just a publishing imprint okay. that became famous. Just because, like Avon Books or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think they have a certain marketing brand to theirs that makes them different but um yeah so yeah um so that's kind of 
I mean, even for a 180-page book, I felt like it got a little... Okay. 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 I get it. Um, but, uh, it's... There wasn't anything to be, like... I mean, like you said, it was so short that it's just, like, okay, I'm not <laughs> mad at it, you know? Um... No, but it was fun. It was a fun uh, holiday. It definitely yeah. was a Thanksgiving book. It, um, and it was fun to have a Thanksgiving book. I don't think I can I uh, say I've loved ever read. Their, I thought their banter was great, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed, you know, reading that. And, you know, I enjoyed the story. I really liked side characters. I mean, I liked Ruthie a lot. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot I liked. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I There was a lot I liked about this book. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, what did you think of Clover as our heroine? It's funny, because we actually had friends. Um, I think it was someone <clears throat> your dad knew in the Air Force, and his name was Forrest Green, and he had a sister, Jade, and a brother. So this is like might have even been a, a brother, Hunter. It might have been Hunter. I can't remember, but I know they were all... Green. Green. Shades of green. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, clever. And then when I saw it in this book, I was like, oh, I see what they did there. Um... <clears throat> So, no, I really liked Clover. I I liked um, her, you know, I liked her journey that she made in the short 180-page book of stepping, of standing up to her family. Mm-hmm. And I liked that it was her that stood up to them and not him yes, trying to yeah. save her. And, um, I mean, he does kind of, after she storms out, he kind of is like, you guys are all awful. <laughs> yeah. And I liked that. But, um no, I, I liked her a lot. I thought she was a lot of fun. I liked that she, uh, you know, where she was in her life. And yeah. it was, yeah, I enjoyed reading. Yeah, and I'm glad that she didn't ever give in to what her family thought was best for her. And even when we end the book, it's like, maybe they'll have kids, maybe they won't. And yeah. who cares? <laughs> you know, like. That's their thing. It's they're they're going to be happy together regardless and. You know, that's their decision to make when they're deeper into their relationship kind of thing. And yeah. so, um, I liked, I liked all of that. I liked, um, yeah, I like that. She, um, and I like when he's talking to her and she's talking about how, you know, her family, she, they're never proud of her. They're always disappointed in her, all this stuff. And, and he's like, but are you proud of what you've done? Are you, you know happy with where you are and she's like yeah he's like okay then who cares like screw him when i was teaching and kids would come to me and say he said i'm stupid and i say are you stupid and they'd say no and i say okay then don't worry about what he says you're not stupid yeah i I do that line a lot too or it's like he said my picture wasn't good i'm like well i think it's amazing do you trust him or do you trust me and she's like you and i'm like that's right girl go keep going Um, yeah, so I really liked... But was it, was it a good picture? I mean, they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) They're in kindergarten, so it's, you know, um, no, they're, uh, anyway, so I, yeah, I really liked her. I liked her, like you said, journey, um, and I liked her kind of, um, (laughs) uh, sweet, naive, but, like, hidden... Yeah. Um, reserves of, of naughtiness Cause we know uh, that once, get tapped into. I know that once you get it, it's going to be like off the charts, Ellen. It's going to be, you're, you're talking, you're going to talk so dirty. <laughs> well, um, my, my friends, I know, I know I've said this on the podcast before. I have friends though. I have a friend that tells me, she's like, you're the most, um, 
knowledgeable virgin. I know. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's um, not like you're a med student or anything. It's from reading romance. <laughs> well, and, uh, this, this gets into it, but, um, uh, I think my, my ex was slightly put off by the fact that like every one of my friends that he met was always telling that like the first thing that they said about me was like, oh yeah, she's super horny. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, friends. <laughs> thanks, friends. I mean, you're not lying, but um, maybe we don't lead with that. <laughs> but we know you're going to be a dirty talker. I mean, not that uh, I want to know or think about any of that, but I know how you feel about dirty talking. I don't talking. know how much I will be a dirty talker, but I will demand. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> what did you think of Eric as our hero? I liked Eric. I liked Eric a lot. You know I appreciate a manly, dirty talker. And I like that he was a little older, so yeah. it makes me feel a little less pedophile mm-hmm. I liked that, um, you know, he's a dad. He was really, like, a sweet dad? He was a sweet dad. And, um, yeah, I really liked Eric. And um, I liked the description of his body. Yeah. I like that he I like fixes that he can, things. I was going to say, I like that he can fix crap. I like a guy that can fix stuff. Um, uh, well, and I like how, like I said, I like how, um, you know, he's the first person who says, like, he's proud of her and things like that. And she cries. I know. <laughs> and um, just that uh, he really just kind of empowers her to, like, have that conversation that she does with her her family there towards the end. And, um, and I really, yeah. I, I like him and Ruthie together, um, and uh, I like the dirty talking. Yeah. I really thought the banter in this book was really good. I mean, that's an important thing to me, and I thought yeah. that the two of them had some great little flirty banter, and um, and then I thought he and Ruthie had great banter, too, yeah. as, as a dad and daughter thing. Yeah. Um, okay. What did you think of the fake dating element? It's funny because... What was the last... We just talked about what was the last fake dating that we just had. I don't had. know. But fake dating to me is... there's so, Sometimes it's well done and it's... And I get it. But like in a situation like this one, it's like, just say you're dating. Why does it you have to be You literally are. Like, you literally are dating. Yeah. And... Um, well, and then the thing that was frustrating to me was that they basically agree that they're dating... And then, and then they have Thanksgiving with her family, and she's like, we're not really, he's a fake boyfriend. It's like, you guys just agreed that you were. Why do you even have to bring that up She's already to told him family? that she loves him. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was weird. But I think what, what she was, I think what she was saying is, I felt the need to go and get a fake boyfriend. Now, of course, but he, and that, he kind of clarifies that. He's like, mm-hmm. well, we started out as fake because she didn't, she didn't want to spend Thanksgiving with you guys without a boyfriend. But. He says, but now we're not fake. In fact, that whole dialogue where he's having, he's like, we're not fake. But then I don't know how she feels now. But then, you know, yeah. he's kind of going back and forth. It's kind of funny. But um, in fact, that whole scene after she storms out and he's there with her family is kind of funny because he's he's trying to explain things to him. And I mean, it was. But it was, also getting like little barbs in there and yeah, stuff too. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining to read. Yeah. And um, I like, well. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that, so let's... Yeah, but this whole thing about... First of all, I don't think there's such a thing as a fake date. I don't... Because if you talk about a fake date, 
either you're on a date or you're not on a date, whether it's with someone you really want to be with or not is are two different things, yeah. but it's either it's, there's no such thing as a fake date. That's not a thing. Fake relationship. Yes, that's a thing, but uh, there's a very quick point in this book where it's not fake anymore. No. Like, the second they... Like 15 minutes into yeah. their relationship. Yeah. This doesn't feel well, fake it's anymore. Like the, it's, it's like, um, will you be my fake boyfriend? Yeah. But like while we're fake dating, do you want to sleep together? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And like tonight. Like right now. Let's go do that right now. <laughs> it's like, okay, so then it's not fake anymore. Yeah. So... And it, I was telling mom, it's like, yeah, sure. Fudge the dates a little bit for your parents and that can be fake. Yeah. Or act like you've been dating just, longer and that... Yeah, then that's just lying. It's not like faking a relationship. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, yeah, it's like you said. It's like, I think some, um, I mean, listen, as romance readers, we love a fake relationship. Yeah. Like, I mean, we love the like hijinks that it, but we I lo- think. We love when they hate each other, but they have to pretend like they're yeah, in a relationship. Oh, <laughs> And then, you know, you, you see it developing into more and. Well, and the thing that I, but the thing that I usually love about a uh, fake dating is where, yeah, they don't really like each other and then they're put into situations where they have to like canoodle and things like that. Yeah. Um, but when that's not a thing, which it wasn't in this book, it's kind of like, okay, then what's the point? Like, yeah, don't call not- it. It's like, it's, then I just feel cheated. It's like you're using the fake it's like you're a tease. Yeah. You're using the fake dating as a publicity, like as a marketing strategy because you know people love it. But also it's like, it's not really fake dating. No, because they very quickly. And when I say very quickly, I mean within an hour. <laughs> Am I joking? <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> They're like hitting it. And it's like, okay, well now it's not really fake anymore, is it? Because you guys can't keep your hands off each other. Yeah. Literally. Like for four days straight, they don't keep yeah. their hands off each yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Which, you know, power to them. I'm, I support it, but <laughs> don't call it fake dating. Yeah. I, and I really just didn't get it where at the end with her family, she's like, he's not my real boyfriend. It's like, what? Yes, he is. We've well, talked about I really this. like the fact that he didn't get bent out of shape about that. Yeah. And that that didn't cause a whole big yeah. thing. Um, what did you think of Ruthie in general and her ploy to get them hooked up? I loved Ruthie. I loved her ploy to get him hooked up. I loved how she, you know. I loved what, her, like, neo-paganism and <laughs> just all she her weird a goddess. Wow. You do not deserve her. <laughs> I swear to goddess. You know, it was always. <laughs> yeah. And, um, no, I thought she was great. And I loved her, um, you know, how excited she was when her dad said he was dating Clover and. And I like when she shows up at the end too and she's like, mommy, mommy. <laughs> she's like, no, don't call me that. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked Ruthie a lot and she was just a really fun, I mean, she might be like my favorite part of this book. She was just a really fun <laughs> character and, and she really isn't in the book that much. I mean, no, but she's, she's definitely like a, a presence a throughout, presence throughout but she's not because like, she gets there. talked about a lot yeah. and like told stories about her a lot and things like that um so yeah i really liked her and i, I really liked her leaving her phone behind and then you know he's like she's like yeah i sacrificed my phone for 36 <laughs> hours <laughs> you have no idea now i know what it was like to live in the 80s yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why you guys were always on the verge of a cold war <laughs> yeah um i really liked that um okay what did you think of the handling of her virginity? <laughs> For kinda, lack of a better. It kind of came out of the blue. Yeah. So, okay. 
Because it comes up in the listener comments, too, I saw. And I was surprised that he wasn't a little more taken aback by that. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, on one hand, as a older virgin myself, um, I totally get her not telling him because... I understand just wanting to get it out of the way and well, not make a big deal about it. Well, or wanting it to be normal and not ruin the situation. Cause, yeah. Because it could make it awkward where it shouldn't be. Yes. More awkward than it already might be. And, um, yeah, and especially, like, especially in your 30s, <laughs> um, it's, it just, it leads to a weird, like, I don't know, like, people just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I, I told the story about the guy at Target. I did. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, go back to some episode and listen to that, I guess. I don't know which one I was going <laughs> to talk about that. Um, but I, yeah, so I, uh, I totally get that, but I do think it's, I kind of blame her in this situation. I think, I, I do think that there is. I do think you sort of do need, like, while I totally get not wanting to, I do feel like you should tell somebody. I think he has a right to know. Yeah, because, first of all, I mean, like, there's nothing made of blood or anything, so. That doesn't always happen. I know. Like it does in our books. (laughs) I know. Um, But if that were, I mean, it can happen. It would be a freak out. And so you, I mean, just for that alone... I would want to tell in case something comes up. Well, here's the deal. I mean, there could be blood involved for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But um, so just for that reason alone, I feel like you should give them a heads up. Well, I just think that it's something, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've read so many historical romances. There's so many romances that I just feel like it's something he should be aware of just for his own frame of mind i don't know because like even he's like oh, i feel bad that i was so rough with yeah. her yeah yeah because afterwards he's like if i had known i would have been more gentle i would have made it a little more special and then he feels guilt because you know and in fair and and so i appreciate so to a certain extent though i appreciate that she's like i didn't need all that i wanted it to just be normal and i right. you know so i don't know i kind of i like, when it was happening, I was mentally going back and forth. Um, I think I still land on you should give him a heads up, but say, but I want it to be normal. I want you to do what you would normally do. Um, I do not buy how quickly she came to orgasm, though. But that's often the case. I mean, because, like, he wasn't doing anything to get that going other than, like, shoving it in there. <laughs> Uh, that's true. That's probably true. Somebody brings that up in the comments. Yeah. So I would. We'll talk I, about I would. That. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I was landing on that. So yeah, it's not easy out here for us old virgins. <laughs> you dusty old virgins. <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, it's not easy. Um. Okay. Let's talk about the Thanksgiving blow up. So there's, because the other thing that I enjoyed about this book and it being short and things like that is there's not really a big conflict between them. No. 
really the conflict is they have this, she blows up at her family at Thanksgiving, which was a long time coming, it seemed. But you know what? I liked not having a conflict. No, I did too. I'm not saying I didn't like that. Um, And there's, I mean, (laughs) when she blows up at her family and she kind of blows up at him a little bit too and says like, and you, you didn't stand up for your daughter and I just had to and it made me angry. And everybody out of here. Yeah. And so she kicks them all out. Um, But he ends up staying behind and kind of telling off her family a little bit more. Um, and she hears it and they make up and have makeup sex in front of her family and things like that. Well, they don't. <laughs> they threaten to have makeup sex in I don't front know, of the family. And I liked that. I thought that was funny um, too. But I was, like you said, I was really glad that she got to be the one to call them out first. Because I was. By the way, I called it. Well, yeah, you as did. As soon but... as they had sex on that table, I said, they're going to have to bring up Thanksgiving that they had sex <laughs> they on that table. Sex. Well, yeah, obviously. Um. But I'm glad that she, because, you know, I think sometimes in these situations we would get where he's the one that kind of blows blows up at them and is like, you should not be treating your daughter this way. She does not deserve to be treated this way. So I was really glad that she got to be one to stand up for herself. And I think it was in part because he kind of empowered her to. Well, even her mom says, this is all because of you. And he says, I hope so. Yeah, I hope I had something to do with this. Um, and... But yeah, I really, I, and I, uh, the whole blow up was, it was very entertaining to read. It was. It was a good blow up. Because they all deserved it. They were all <laughs> I think horrible. my favorite part of the blow up was, um, uh, and her saying, everybody except for Lisa, but Lisa, you're just kind of a pushover. She's like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, I am too. <laughs> Um, and I like when she goes off at her brother and he says, you say raising kids isn't that hard? Yeah, because you don't ever do any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how often are you home alone with your kids? <laughs> Which is so true. And I and I, um, I um, love when he's like, Hunter, the, her brother makes some com- comment to Eric about, you know, oh, well, it's not that hard or, I don't know, being, and he's like, Baby, something kind of in kind of in reference to the whole like babysitting is like it's not it's not babysitting once your own kids kind of thing. Yeah. Oh know. no, it's that you're a Mr. Mom. Oh yeah, it was yeah. About that's him what it staying was. home raising his daughter. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're a Mr. Nice, Mr. Momming it or whatever. And he's like, well, I just call it being a dad, but sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> and I liked that. Um. Yeah. Her brother was a dick. Her parents were also. Ass. Oh, it's their assholes. They're assholes. They're assholes, like Eric Everyone said. said so, so it must be true. <laughs> um, But yeah, they needed to be... They needed to be brought down a notch. Yeah. Um, And it sounds like, you know, maybe they're having healthier relationships because of it. I'm sure that these fictional people are having a healthier family. I like, I like to think that somewhere in Oregon, they're, <laughs> you know, Mountain. getting ready to have a much healthier Thanksgiving this year. There you go. Um... Let's talk about sex, baby. Was there? I'm sorry. Was there sex? In was this there book? sex in this book? Uh, there was a lot of sex in this. <laughs> there book. There was a lot of sex in this book. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't super unmom friendly sex. No, but it just there, there was, was just a lot, lot of, it. of it, especially for as we've said, 180 page book, <laughs> and especially for a three day relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or four um, days or whatever it was, well, but it wasn't very long. I mean, there's they have. I mean, so many of those days, I mean, all of those days are spent uh, having sex throughout most of the length yeah. of the day. And we see basically every single one of the times they have They're sex. They're at least mentioned 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I kept thinking, because there would be a lot of times where it would um, lead up to a sex scene and then it would end at a chapter and then the next chapter would start. And a lot of times in books, you lead up to a sex scene, especially when it's not the first time or something. And then it's like, um, and then it's she woke up the next morning yeah. exhausted from the sex, the sex that they had the <laughs> night before. But this was like moving into the chapter and it's like, and, and then they had sex. And here's, the, and here's what happened. <laughs> and here's, here's how that went down. And here's the sex. And I'm like, oh, so we're just going to see every single one. Um, so it's like I said, I got a little bogged down in just how much of it there was. Um, not because I wasn't, I don't know. It's, it's like we've said, it starts to be like, okay, I get it. They're having sex. There's sex uh, going on. There's sex in it up. And there's a hand there. Power there's to a tongue them. There. There's I a... appreciate it. You know, they have all the different flavors of sex, you know, and we see each of those flavors <laughs> occur on the page. Um, but nothing that, um, I mean, like, we've read dirtier sex scenes. Maybe just not, like, uh, ratio-wise this <laughs> much. Say the same thing. The percentage of sex to page numbers. <laughs> yeah. Is definitely our highest. <laughs> per capita. Or whatever you would say. Per pagina. I don't know. <laughs> per pagina. Um, so, yeah. That's... Um, Aforementioned dirty talk is, yeah, nice. Sometimes though, I was a little disappointed because they would just refer to the dirty talk, and I'm like, no, I like it when it's on the page. I want to hear it. Like, Don't tell me about the sex, but let me hear the dirty talk. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so it was kind of funny though that he wouldn't even remember what he was, he was saying. saying, and then he, she's like, "Let's do that thing you said." And he's like, I- "I'm sorry, I don't remember." I what was it a sex trance or whatever it was he said. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, we didn't talk about this, but, um, I was surprised at, cause I sometimes read novellas and you don't get to know the characters very well. Um, but I did feel like we had a really good grasp on who these two, two were, especially Clover and, um, kind of her insecurities with her surgery that she had had, her breast reduction, which power to her, I totally totally get that i mean i probably wouldn't do it just because that's all i've got going for me <laughs> that's it that's the only thing I've there's only, nothing else about you I've, except your boobs i've only got boobs <laughs> also in losing weight like I, I miss them when they go away i know but i, I don't think she ha- no, she she was i mean i will say i i get up to double i'm i mean i'm a double d but i've never been an e yeah which is, and she sounds smaller than me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. I get that. Yeah. I don't get it because I don't really have that issue. Yeah. I always so. say I got my big boob from my dad. Which is off. Which I did, though, because it's yeah, definitely, it's definitely on his, his side, side of the family. family. Um, anyway. Um, so I appreciated that. And um, while I don't think that the virginity thing was necessarily handled correctly. I liked the inclusion. I mean, of the older virgin representation. Cause I know that there's not many of us. <laughs> you get that. I understand that. 
Um, so that's what I'll say about the sex. Okay. I, I, I concur. With all what this. was your swooniest moment? My swoonies. My swooniest moment is when he kicks everyone out of her house. Okay. Well, then I won't pick that. Okay. I think my swooniest moments were his conversations with his daughter because that's when I was like, oh, he's so cute with his kid. Yeah. That was, that was swoony to me. Yeah. I liked that too. And, um, yeah. And I liked how, like. Is that fair to say? Is that I liked how grateful he was to her. No, I like that. Um, how grateful he was to her just for, like, taking a chance on Ruthie and her eco-terrorism and. (laughs) And her, you know. Eco History, history with, uh, the law. Yeah. Um, okay, let's hear from some of y'all on what you thought about this one. Catherine says, honestly, very sweet for a sex-filled book. Yes. Yes. Her family is terrible, but at least the sister-in-law was hilarious. I also appreciate that. Agreed. Agreed. I was so sad when she had all the plans for the kids to make s'mores, and then they just don't come. Oof. Love all the plant stuff. I definitely read more books about hiring former arsonists. (laughs) Just that be like a a, A, a a genre. genre, A trope. (laughs) Former arsonist hires. Um, Before, okay, so... Because Jennifer replied to that and said, the kids not being with their parents for Thanksgiving was really unbelievable to me. I get the author wanted that to add to the tension, but I just didn't believe any parent would really leave their kids behind with another relative on Thanksgiving like that. Yeah, we had one Thanksgiving at my sister's. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is like an infamous Thanksgiving in our family. Where she set up a table, a kid's table in the garage. So we were, the adults were all eating in the house and... The kids were eating in the garage, and the kids have not let us forget about that. Well, but in, the in, kids have not let you forget about it because I have a cousin who, I mean, he's awful. better now, but he's he was a little dipshit as a kid. <laughs> Still has like dipshittish, dipshittish tendencies. <laughs> um, but he was just on one that day and was just probably because you were shut alone with him in the garage <laughs> and was just terrorizing. Well, he especially was terrorizing his sister who I won't name because maybe she's been on the podcast before. <laughs> but it just made everybody just sit super quiet. No one wanted to say anything that would set him off. Yeah, and so... He wasn't, he wasn't like, anger issues. His was more... He was a bully. Yeah, he was a bully. And he was going to tear you apart verbally if yes. you said anything or did yes. anything. So everybody and just he, ate And his quietly. sister just was used to it and just, like, went along with it. Um, but he... he and so, But the rest of us were like, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> Um, and then my dad was also angry about it because we were, because usually we almost, in fact, 99.9% of the time we have Thanksgiving at my house. We have every family function at our house. And I don't know, don't I can't remember why we did it. I think she just offered to have it. So we said, sure, we'll go to your house for it. And, um, and so then the kids ate in the garage. And so we've never, ever gone to her house again since for Thanksgiving. <laughs> always at my house where we do have a kids table but it you know now it's the grandkids table it's well it's like we still have a kids table but we're all in our 30s now (laughs) it's just the kids under the table now we just have one big long table we but it's mainly just because like we don't want to talk to all the old people what shut up yeah um shelby says i read all three of these books during a covid stupor last christmas and it made everything a little bit better i loved this book yeah that's the thing is i mean and that's the thing with any of the christmas books it's you know it's just nice to just there's just something about a holiday book that's just warm and cozy 
It's like a sexy Hallmark movie. Yeah, exactly. Which Like a very sexy, like super sexy. Yes, please. <laughs> Jennifer says, it has been a while, but I read all three of these holiday books. This was my favorite. Uh, I figured that was good to know in case anybody was interested in checking out the rest of the series that this one was Jennifer's favorite. So go in with those expectations. Um, Natalie said, despite plans to read books for the podcast, I don't think I finished a single one on time in the past several months. Frowny face. But I've already read this one. So yay. It's okay, Natalie. We'll forgive you. Um, she said, I love this book. It's short, steamy, and sweet. Eric is not a book boyfriend. He's a book man friend. Yeah, yeah. he is. I like having a... And he's not even that old. What is he, 38? 38, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not even, you know, like terrible. But um, it just is nicer to have a... Someone closer to 40 than someone closer to, to 20. 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, the book is fast paced. Oh, wait, no. She says he is responsible and respectful and so masculine without like being worried about his masculinity, which is high on my list of swoony attributes. Yeah. Good, good, good way to phrase that. Um, drool. And Ruthie is hilarious. This book is fast paced and engaging and the dialogue is so smart kudos also for being one of a very few holiday books about thanksgiving um she says on a personal note i also love the setting i grew up in oregon and while i've lived other places i came back here because i love it so much it's wonderful to read a book that also gets how beautiful it is here and i will point out she went to sac state which yes, is in our neck of the woods and, and mom's alma mater where i went to college so but i didn't know her <laughs> You didn't have her mom as a professor? I, I, I didn't have her mom as a professor. <laughs> if I did, I'd go up and bitch slap her. Yeah. <laughs> Be nicer to your daughter, Val. <laughs> Just down the road. We can go find her. Um, Cassie says, uh, this was a fun read. Short, sweet, and steamy. The dirty talk was next level. Yeah, it was. I read all three in the series, and this one is my favorite. So another vote for this one being the best one. I laughed out loud a few times while reading. Great choice. Um, yeah, Ruthie was definitely. Yeah, there was there was a lot of like humorous. It was funny. There was a lot one. of funny stuff yeah. in this book. Um, Raquel says this was a fun, quick read. I hope I don't come across as a perv, but I was prepared for this book to be sexier. Maybe it was the cover. Great dirty talking though, and I loved when Clover absolutely lost it with her family. They were horrible human beings, and if I were her, it would take me a lot to spend a holiday with them in the foreseeable future. See, the problem with her family is they're the kind of hor- horrible human beings who don't think they're horrible human yeah, beings. that's the worst. And that's the hardest one to come across to because they don't get why they're horrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are terrible. We get these mustache twirly villains who... who are well aware that they're terrible and mm. they just want to be terrible. But these people think they're being great and think that they're loving her and doing what's best for her when in reality they're just being awful. And the I hate the passive aggressive thing. Yeah. Which I think we all like have a tendency to be somewhat passive aggressive sometimes. I did but... love the part though where her brother like thinks he's going to take on Eric and Eric's like, dude, you might have been something in high school, but obviously... Who do you think is going to win this? You've been sitting behind a desk and I've been working like with my hands. Like building decks. So bring Bring it. it. (laughs) Uh, Victoria says, not all what I was, not at all what I was expecting. This was surprisingly sweet. I confess that the half naked guy on the cover had me prepared for the worst. Have you guys never read a romance novel before? (laughs) Every single one of them has a half naked guy on the cover. Especially for like newer readers. They've got, they've really gotten away from the half naked guys on the cover. 
which is somewhat sad to me, but, um, but I think, uh, like the newer, uh, cause especially Victoria, who I know is newer, um, they're used to the, the animation the, like, covers. Yeah, the illustrated poppy covers, which is definitely what they've been doing more so. But you go back even just like five, eight years. Not even that and, long. I mean. No. And it was, that's all it was. Because <laughs> those, the animation poppy covers didn't even start since, I, since they've started since I've been reading. And I've yeah. only been reading romance for, you know, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um. Victoria continues, uh, short but both, uh, Eric and Clover were given a proper backstory, and yes, her family are the worst. The six-pack on the cover, front cover, is false advertisement, though, because I think she specifically said that he's not stereotypically ripped. Yeah. Good point. Um. I thought the same thing, too, when I was reading it. Yeah. I mean, he's not as, like, chiseled as some of the, like, guys we get on the front covers of these. But, I mean, he's still, like, my But it's always sexier to me when they describe a body as having, like, not been formed in a gym. It's a, you know, they've got a great body that's been formed from working hard. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. from hammering those nails. Yeah. Mm. Hammer. (laughs) Hammer that From wrenching that that bolt. I always think of that New Girl episode where... When they're where Jess is getting turned on by like everything Nick says, and he's he's like, I need to go get some quick hardening cock. <laughs> or at, like and the she's Home like, Depot. What? <laughs> he's like, can't wait forever for that cock to harden. <laughs> that is my favorite episode of that show. Um, and I like that show a lot. So anyway. Um, Aaron says, Unpopular opinion. I really, really did not like it. Okay. Ruthie was the best part of the book for me. It took me out of the moment when Eric would talk about his past sex experiences during sex. The way Clover buried the lead on some major revelations was off-putting. The sex bogged down the story eventually. Her family was awful, and I couldn't stand how she was defending them and letting them treat her like garbage. The Thanksgiving blow-up was satisfying, but her level of aggression was shocking. I guess I just wanted more romance, but I did enjoy Ruthie's sass and feminist lessons to her father. I did really like the, when he comes in, he's like, fellow hey. Americans. <laughs> Hi, girls. Hi, ladies. Hi, fellow Americans. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I totally note everything that you mention. I guess it just didn't bother me as much. But, um, I mean, I agree with it gets a little bogged down in the sex. And I don't love the virgin thing. And, yes, I... I mean, I think that with her, because, you know, she says her family is awful and I couldn't stand how she was defending them. And, um... I I can see that, though. I can I mean, see that, too. They're your family and you love them and you, and you don't want to make waves. And so you put up with it as long as you can. And then I think she just there, couldn't stand it anymore. I think there could have been a more gradual... Because she does do, like, a very abrupt 180 on the, like... But I I think think that that also is pretty normal. But I think it seems that way to them, but I think it's something that's been brewing Brewing. inside of her for a while. And I think, you know, like they said, I think her dating Eric and realizing how good she should be treated made her realize my family is not treating me good at all. Yeah. And I think um, having him there as an outsider that, you know, she's, I think that helps her recognize like how awful it really is. Yeah. Yeah, but I totally understand where you're coming from on all of those, Aaron, and, um, you know, that just happens where books hit us differently. 
Um, Jennifer says, I was loving this up to a certain point. Loved Ruthie. She's a gem. The banter was A+. And I was happy when I realized Clover and Eric were going to hop into bed. Love a fast burn. Get to it. And then that was the worst first sex scene I've read. I'm fairly new to romance, so maybe there's worse out there. Uh, there probably definitely is. Um, <laughs> she says, excuse me getting explicit here, but he does not touch her clitoris at all during their first time together. They're kissing. She starts to stroke him off, then decides she wants to have sex. He pounds her, and she magically has an orgasm from that, which I agree with, Jennifer. No, I'm not here for that kind of sex scene in a romance novel. I need my heroes to take their time and take care of their ladies first by lavishing them with lots of touching. And I disliked how she didn't share that she was a virgin. Something about that bothered me a lot. I almost DNF'd it, but I decided to keep reading. And then he was much better at taking care of her in bed, and I did enjoy their insta-love and the rest of the story. So, other than that criticism, a fun Thanksgiving romance read. I think just because Ellen loves it when I share stuff about my sex life, oh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to... Here we go. You know, I, as someone who usually requires some external stimulation besides just internal stimulation, um, I would say yes, and especially for a virgin, yes, it probably required more than just, you know, going to pound town. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because... But it might be... I think, though, I think her whole thing with, you know, just F me, you know, that yeah. she throws out there, and, and I think she just wanted to get it over with so they could relax and enjoy and then move forward. I think... Well, and I think, not even so they, but, like, mental, mentally, like, she needed to just get it over and done with. But, and, but that's the thing, though, is that I don't... <laughs> If, if she, I can buy that, that she just wants to get it over and done with, but that she orgasms from that is like, okay. Well, I mean, sure there, maybe there are people who, that's a thing. I, I yeah. don't know. No, I know. I know. And, um, but I see, I see where I, I noted that as well, Jennifer, that I was like, mm. well, there's a lot of things that happen in these, all these books during well, sex that I'm like. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. that this Victoria, she re sweet little virgin. She is replied be... to Jennifer and she said, "Sometimes sex scenes in romance novels seem to be real life. What Disney princes were to your first teenage crush, <laughs> and that is well said." The um, yeah, this didn't because she's older and because because a lot of times I read books about virgins and I'm like, really, is this sweet little virgin who's been yeah. raised to not ever talk about sex? Because I'm thinking more of historicals than yeah contemporaries. Um, who's been raised to never even talk about sex or think about sex or, you know, know that sex exists. And then all of a sudden, you know, just because she met this guy, all of a sudden she's, she's totally comfortable with, she wants to go down on him and she yeah. wants him to go down on her and everyone's going down on each other. And then, you know, and it's just this way, that way. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a little like, but at least with this one, it's a contemporary yeah. She's an older virgin and she's had other relationships she, yeah, where she's, she's not like completely inexperienced. Yeah. So I, I understood that better than in some other books that I've read. But then if that's the case, I think maybe what might have helped that first scene is she's aware of her body and what's going to work for her and for her to give him a little direction to make it yeah. like work for her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. Um, finally, we have Gail who says, this one was okay. I liked the Thanksgiving theme. It moved a little too fast for my taste. 
Loved Ruthie and her attitude and her relationship with both Clover and her dad. And while I usually like a fake dating, this one just didn't do it for me. Maybe it was the fake, not fake aspect. Yes, that was. That is what it was, Gail. Uh, (laughs) When Clover told her family he was fake, it seemed more lie than truth. Yes. And Gail, if you don't like a book that goes this fast, get a podcast where you have to read a book every week and you'll <laughs> super appreciate. And then you'll appreciate having a book that's super a book short. That's super short. But I, I liked having it because it gave me a chance to read another book mm-hmm. because a lot of times when we've got a 400 page book, it's hard for me to get it done and another um, book in the week. I liked it because it um, allowed me to watch my K drama this There you go, Ellen. So it's a win win for win. this week. Um,. Anyway, final thoughts on this one? Um, I really liked it for a, just a quick Thanksgiving holiday romp. Yeah. And like I said, it was nice to have a Thanksgiving book. I don't think I've ever read a Thanksgiving I book. I don't think. And, and this I, definitely was a Thanksgiving book. Yeah. Which, sorry to our international listeners who don't give a shit about Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> what the crap is Thanksgiving? <laughs> no, I'm sure they know, but, um, uh, but you know, that's how we roll. This is Here. where we, you know are grateful that we brought small park, smallpox to America. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, fun. Um, not mad I read it. Not perfect, but it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Her Naughty Holiday by Tiffany Reese. I'm hoping, I hope I'm going to say her name right. Um, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom. Or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 29th, we will be having our fall free-for-all. Wow. So get in your book port reports for that episode if you have questions about that out to me however you need to and i will direct you um if you go back through the facebook feed on our facebook group i think there's more explanation on how yeah and and i'll post i'll post more instruction this week um but we love those episodes and they really all come down to you guys so get your book reports in i know it's kind of a busy week to be doing it but um we get three of them we'll post them podcast with three of <laughs> but we'd like more than that we um remember you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome Ellen. have a good thanksgiving to all of you yes, all USers. of you all of you users all right <laughs> bye bye Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.